Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Awesome. So we're continuing in our series, Culture of Community. Today, I want to talk about uh, finding my place, finding my place. And I was thinking about something. Uh, so let me ask this question to everybody. If you uh, were offered from some nice friend of yours free tickets to go to, let's say, a concert or a sporting event, something that you really enjoyed, and you were offered those tickets and you had the choice to take chick- the tickets that were right up front, right with the action, or you could choose tickets that were in the back away from it. Just curiosity, which would you choose? Who would choose you would want to have tickets up close? Raise your hand. I would want to have tickets up close. Okay. How many would say, I, I would prefer to be in the back, away from it? A couple people. Yeah. But most people would love to be where the action is, up close in that regard. Well, let me ask the, another question then. So those of you who said, I would love to be up close, which I'm one of those people. I would, I would love to be up. And I've had the privilege over the years of, of attending a lot of events and things. And I, I love that. love being close. It's exciting. So those of you who said you want to be up close, how many would say, if you were uh, attending a training session, let's say for your job, something where maybe there's 50 to 100 people there and they've got tables and chairs all set up and you walk into the room, how many of you would want to be up close to the front? Would, would those people that said, I want to be up close at the concert or the sporting event, how many would say, I would be up front at a training event? I would sit up front. So less people, three or four of you guys would, would do that. It's, it's interesting because you're short. <laughs> You know, it's interesting in the thoughts for every one of us and how we, in life and the things we do, and the, whether it's our job or, or, or just in our free time, whatever we do, we, we kind of find our place and what we like, and we sort of know where we fit and how we, we pick and choose that. And I was recently attending a seminar that was a crisis intervention seminar, and I walked into the room and it has all these tables set up and everything. And my first thing is, I'm, I'm going to find somewhere toward the back. I, I don't want to sit up front. I just want to kind of fit in. But, uh, you know, kind of not necessarily hide. But not. I don't want to be up front. I don't want to be the person that somebody says, hey, I need a volunteer. You know, I don't want to. I don't, but, but I'm the person that would be right up front getting excited and cheering at a game or a concert or something. But, but something like that, I find... It's different for me in that regard. So what they did is they had a couple different scenarios that we participated in. One was more of a group setting. So there was a dozen or so people that they were asking, we need to have volunteers to participate in this scenario, and you need to each have a role in that and participate in that. I didn't want to do that necessarily. I didn't want to be in that place where there's several people and you have to say stuff and do things in this group setting and people watch, watching that. But it's interesting because I saw several people go, yeah, I want to do that, I want to do that. And I'm sitting there going, I don't want to do that. 
But when it came to the individual event where there was one-on-one with where you were going to interact with one person in, in this particular scenario, and then there was going to be an evaluator sitting there, and, and you're doing this, I'm like, I have no problem with that. I thought, wow. That, for me, it's like, oh, I like that. I don't mind interacting one-on-one. I, c- I can keep a conversation going. I can ask questions. But it's interesting for me, finding my place and finding where I fit and how that works in my life. And each one of us, we kind of go through life when the, an experience presents itself to us, we make a decision. And we, based on, for whatever, our, our personality, uh, history, experience, what we've had with things, we kind of know where we kind of fall into things. And we're all different because there are some people who maybe did the group thing and says, I don't want to do the one-on-one. That's not me. And so it, it's just interesting how in life we just sort of find our place and we find what we're comfortable in and not comfortable in. And, and there's times where maybe we're, we're like on the fence on something. Well, I'll do it because somebody says, come on, come on, you can do this. Come on, you can do this. And eventually do it. And maybe you say, wow, that's great. I loved it. Or not going to ever do that again. But we really don't know unless we're sometimes encouraged to do something, step out in faith or step out and do something. I want to read this uh, a scripture this morning, and before I do that, I just want to pray. But uh, just to, we're going to talk this morning, just some, some practical things in regards to each one of us kind of finding our place in, when it relates to our life with the Lord. Lord, I, I, I do thank you for this opportunity that we have to come this morning and just to share some things and to look into your word and, and talk about some stories and things that are applicable to what you want. I just pray that each one of us, Lord, we'd be open to hear what you have to say today. Lord, each one of us are coming from different places in life and different experiences. God, I just pray that you would speak to us individually and corporately as well as what your will is for us. And we, are, we know that our desire is to do your will. And I pray that for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There's a scripture in Psalm 139 starting in verse 14, and I have this in the message version, and I love this because it really takes us and dives us into this sense of the awe of God and who he is to David, the psalmist, when he writes this. And it says this, it says, I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Pause on that just for a moment. You're breathtaking. You know, we have things in our life that we say that's breathtaking, whether it's a view of Mount Rainier or the ocean or whatever may be breathtaking for us. Whoever God is, it's beyond those things for us. And David really recognized that. He said, body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made. Bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life, all prepared before I even lived one day. That is every one of us here in this room. The moment of conception, here life was laid out for your plan God had it all organized and all laid out for you. And now we have an opportunity to live out his creation. You are his creation, fearfully and wonderfully made, made you in his image. He's excited 
about your life. He's excited about seeing your life fulfill his call on your life and, and his will for you. That's his heart. He is so into us and so cares so much for us. And as, as we grow in our relationship with God and as we uh, uh, pursue things that really bring joy to us that we find in our life that it's like, wow, that, that rings a bell to me. That's enjoyable. And, and we grow in our, surface, our service to God and the things that he begins to put in us and he begins to cause us to lean towards something, whether it's sitting in the front or sitting in the back and, and our perception of things, but there's something that we begin to lean towards. It's like, I kind of like that. I, I kind of feel like that's some, where I'm called. I'm, I'm sort of finding my place as we grow in God, we begin to do that. And we begin to add things to our life that allows us to be more capable of in situations of doing things in our Christian life as we walk. Now, first of all, it's important that, number one, we need to understand that God gives us permission to fail, because I think that holds a lot of people back. It's like, man, if I do this, if I step into this, or I try this, I'm going to fail, and then, then what? I'm going to look like an idiot, or I, you know, whatever. I believe it's important. God gives us permission to fail, and, and it's okay to make mistakes. In fact, it's probably good that we make mistakes, because that means we're, trying, we're, we're giving ourselves to something. We're, we're out there doing things. There's not one person that hasn't failed or made a mistake in their life. And then I would say, try something, begin the area that may be something that's somewhat comfortable to you. Like, okay, I'll, I'll step out and try that. It's like somewhere in the middle, because maybe there, there's a good place to start. So when, when we're involved in serving, like in the local church or in the community, when, when we're giving ourselves to those things, our surrounding community, what I would call kingdom service, the question would be, why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? And I, I believe it's important that people don't need to know what you do for God, but why you do it for God. Sometimes we talk about what we do, but why do we do it? Why do we do it? Is he that awesome? Is, is he that incredible to us? Is he so important in our life that we do it because of him? In, and I could ask this question, I'm certainly somebody if they want to answer is fine, but in your service to God's kingdom, what you may do, why do you do it? Anybody, why, why do you do it? Anybody have a response to that? Why do you serve God? Anybody? Nobody knows? Yeah? To honor him? Because you know it would please him? Yes, Tim. It's a worthy cost? cost? Oh, cause, yes, for sure. Yeah, I mean, because we need to know why we do what we do, right? It's important that we know that. And there are many things that we can do, but there's also the things that it's important, like, okay, I, I need to pursue this, something I must do for, for the kingdom. We begin to have this heartbeat that the Lord begins to put in us. Something that we choose to do that becomes a benefit to the kingdom, becomes a benefit to those around us, benefit to the church, benefit to the community. But it's great that, that we find something ultimately, really, that we put our effort into that we feel like there's satisfaction. It's like, this is what I've been built to do. This is what God's created me to do. 
And then are we, then question, are we doing it for the right reason? Are we serving the kingdom for the right reason? Are we doing it for our own benefit? Or are we doing it for the benefit of the kingdom of God? It's important that we know what our focus is in that. And maybe we're doing something to fill some area because maybe the per, there's another person that that's kind of their lane, but you've stepped into that lane because you see there's a need there, but the other person's not quite there yet. Sometimes we have to adjust and, and help and encourage each other in that, is there joy in what you're doing? Is there joy in what you're doing? If there's not joy in what you're doing, we need to go back, like I said earlier, we need maybe go in, pull into that shop and get a front end alignment or find something to bring us back to that place of going... There needs to be joy in what we do because it's in the joy of the Lord that becomes our strength in our life. Does what you do for God bring you joy long before it would bring you success or that you see success of it? There, there needs to be a joy that comes in that. Maybe this would be the question. God, what is your passion for the people who are within my life's reach? God, what is your passion for the people within my life's reach? That would be a great question for us to ask. And then how do I fit in that? How, how am I to be used in that? What is your passion for those people, God? And then how do I fit into that? And if we want to find our purpose, then we must find out what our premise is for why we exist. Why do we exist? And I believe that our purpose is tied to our spiritual life, not our physical life. Although physically we have purpose, we do things. But in our spiritual life, there's a story when Jesus was talking about when he comes back for his church, comes back for his bride, he gathers everybody on earth. He gathers everybody together in his presence. And then he refers to like the shepherds when they separate the sheep and the goats. And you read through that story in Matthew 25, and, some, and it can make you feel like, wow, he's not a very kind God. This, doesn't, this seems a bit harsh. He talks about separating the sheep from the goats. But I want to say the premise of what he's saying is, did you have my heart for my creation, for my people? Did you have my heart? Did you have my heartbeat? Did you have the passion that I have a passion for, because that's who I want to spend eternity with. I, I don't want to spend eternity with people who didn't care about what I care about, those who didn't have his heart for his people, because he, he basically said, hey, depart from me. I, I don't know you. You're, you're not a part of who I am. You're not a part of my heart. So it's very obvious what our purpose and our passion should be about. We discover that. It should be about what he's passionate about and what his purpose. That's what we need to grab a hold of. Heavenly Father, what is your passion? What is your passion and what is it? It's people. It's people. Because if you're trying to figure out, well, I just don't really know what to do. I really don't know where to fit. I don't know how to find my place. Do you know somebody? Do you know people? Do you know people? Can you be a positive influence in their life in some way? Really, if you break it down in simplicity, it's serving people. And simple question is, God, what is your will for my life? What is your will for my life? When we discover that, then we'll discover our purpose. 
and we'll find our place. God, what is your will for my life? We have been created to love God, to love people, and really to live like Jesus. Not be Jesus in the sense, wow, I can't measure up to that. But we can see his life pattern. We can read all about who he is and who he was and how he, all he did was spent time with people. And it didn't matter who the people were. They could be the worst of the worst. And he'd say, hey, I'm coming, to, I'm coming to your house. I want to have a conversation. Let's go have dinner together. He, he hung out wherever it was. He wasn't, there wasn't anything in him there that said, I can't be with those people. They're, they're too far gone or they're not worth saving. It was anybody and everybody. And he was passionate about getting in the lives of people. There's a movie that Jane and I recently went to see, and I, I would highly recommend it. I don't recommend a lot of movies from the pulpit, but I would, this, in this case, um, I, I Can Only Imagine is the name of the movie. How many of you have seen that? A couple of you have seen it. I would recommend to see that movie. I'm sorry? Oh, Jane even highly recommends it. See, that even gives it another star. <laughs> I Can Only Imagine. And when I was watching that movie... What really, I think, hit me the hardest wasn't necessarily the story and all of the things that went with it, which is a great story, but it reiterated to me God's will for my life and his heart for people. And, you know, you have to take some tissue with you unless you're just, you know, really hardened and you go in there determined. I don't know, I... Even I sit there and I go, I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to cry. And then I find myself doing that. It's like, oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway, but it was because of my, of knowing who God is and who he is in my life and what he's done for me and what he's done for others. And so to see this, and I don't want to say everything in it, but to see this man who wrote this song out of experience of his own personal life being raised in a home that was abusive. His father was very abusive and verbally and physically and all of the things that happened and that something was birthed in this man in the midst of and, and he discovered through all of that, he could, have, he could have done anything but pursue God's call in his life. I mean, he, he could have had every excuse and every reason, but there was something that began to beat in him that wasn't about himself but it was something he wanted to be able to share. He wanted, he, he's like, I, I'm finding my place. I find where I fit. I find what I'm called to do. And he pursued it with everything in him, even though people around him saying, you're not going to do it. You can't do that. You'll never make that happen, all that. But no, God has called me to do this. We've been created to love God, love people, and live like Jesus. We don't have to get complicated with our life. It, it, we can boil it down to the simplicity of that. Scripture in Philippians 4.13, most of us know this. Probably know it by heart. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or gives me the strength. I can do all those things. But it's interesting because when I read that, I want to make sure that I'm not grabbing that and going, oh, I can do anything I want then. I can do anything I want because it says that right here. I can do all things. Yeah. I will say this. We can do anything Christ has called us to do not I can do anything I want, because what he's called us to do, we can do it. He will give us the strength. He will give us what we need for that. Whatever he has called us to do. So I'll follow that up with 1 Timothy 
says this, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. Strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him well. No, to serve him. So we understand this. We're not created to do our thing. We're not created to do our work. We're created to do his work. And he will give us the strength to do it. He will give us the power. He will give us the supernatural strength that we need to do his work. And if we're operating in his strength, we are operating in his will. I mean, it it goes together. When we're in his strength, we're in his will. And it's, it's easy in the morning we get up and we call upon the Lord and we thank him for our life and thank him where he has us and, and we say, God, give me your strength. And he gives us the strength and we walk out and we know, God, I'm in your will today. I'm in your will today. God, I'm going to love you today. God, I'm going to love people today. And I'm going to live like Jesus today and to touch the lives of people around me. That really what it boils down to. And make sure that what we're doing for God doesn't trump or supersede or overtake or override what we're doing with God. Because so many times we can do stuff for God, thinking, oh, I'm doing this for God. I'm doing this for God. And he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> you kind of left me out back here somewhere. But we have to know we're partnering with him. He, he wants to partner with us. We're not on our own on this thing. It's not just us. So many things that we in Scripture about partnering and his desire to partner with us. Well, we need to make sure we feel good about ourselves right where we're at, right where you're at right now. You need to feel good that God's called you, be confident in who you are, that he has a purpose for you, and you don't have to attain some high level before he can use you. He can use you right where you are right now. It's simply saying yes to him. Lord, I want your will to be accomplished in my life. And when it's his will, it involves other people. And he will give us the strength to do that. No matter what our personality is, he will help us find our place. He's not going to throw you into some place where it's going to be so fearful for you that you'll, you won't want to do it. He knows us. He created us just like David. He knows every little detail of your life. Now, he may want to stretch us from time to time. That's his prerogative, and we need to be obedient to that because That's how we grow and learn, and we become more confident in who we are. And like I said, making sure that joy is an important element in finding our place, because our place isn't linked to material possessions and what God's plan is for us. It really is linked to our salvation in Christ, because that was something that happened when we were transformed, when we said yes to Jesus Christ. It's an overflow, really, of who we are. And making sure that we're not comparing ourselves to others, because that's another important thing. Because we see somebody else like, wow, you know, I sure wish I was them. I sure wish I had that. Now, I would volunteer. I would serve if I, was, if I were them. They got, they're, they're a five-tool servant. They've got it all. It's like a five-tool baseball player. There, you know, there's not many of them that can do that. Well, I think in that c- comparison, it's like, you know, that person does really good at maybe riding a snowboard down the snow slopes. And if you tried to do that, you'd crash. Because you just—it's just not you. But they probably couldn't ride a skateboard down a sidewalk, and maybe you do that very well. It's like me—I I could say, "Well, I'm—I'm I'm not called to to lead a church or pastor because I can't lead worship because I can't." I mean, if if worse came to worse, came to worse, came to worse, 
I'd put on a CD. <laughs> We'd all have a good time worshiping. But I can't, you know, I can't compare myself to somebody else. God gifts us all differently, and he, and he, and he has those, he's got it all figured out. And so the fact that I don't lead worship, I, I'm okay with that, because that's somebody else's lane, and I'm not going to try to get in that lane. But we're working together, because if we all come together, like on Sunday morning, and we, there's different things that are going on around. We've got people in the children's ministry, people out in the uh, ser- serving drinks at City Espresso, and we've got the ushers, the greeters, and the sound guys, and the, all the instrument players. You know, it's just a, all these things that are happening, and then what is going on in the community. So we're all, people are finding their place because they are understanding it's about the will of God. What's God's will? And we find out what that is, and it becomes part of who we are. I want to um, just kind of go through this story because it, it relates really well to us. Some of us can relate to this in, in our, just our walk with the Lord. And it, it has to do, and it's Moses in Exodus chapter 3. And I'm going to periodically read a couple of verses from here, here and there. Exodus chapter 3. And this is where Moses, God allows Moses to go through some experiences. <laughs> Getting to that place of finding my place. Because that's where Moses was trying to. I think trying to find his place. And so he had this back and forth with God. And so he had testing and things that going on in Israel. God had a plan for Israel. And he decided he wants to choose Moses to be a part of that plan. And so Moses' plan was trying to figure out his place in God's plan for a couple million people, right? Moses trying to figure out whatever that is. So I believe that so many of us here, can take, we can relate to sort of this sparring with God thing because that's what Moses was doing throughout this whole time. But we see that there was one day when Moses was minding his own business, and he's leading uh, his father-in-law, has all these sheep, and so he's out there as a shepherd just taking them. He took them out way long journey out in the wilderness. They end up Mount Sinai. And so all of a sudden Moses turns, and there is a bush on fire, and it's burning. And he's watching it for a little bit, but it's not burning up, but it's on fire, and it's He's never seen anything like that. Something, when it catches on fire, it eventually burns up. And it wasn't burning up. And he's like, uh, it said to himself, I could get a little closer to that and see what that is. God recognizes what Moses is doing, and God calls to Moses out of the burning bush. Moses, Moses. Uh, probably a little startled, right, if you heard your name coming from a burning bush. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, yeah, what's up? <laughs> Uh, you kind of look around, make sure nobody, you know, is there somebody here? Nobody's watching me. And so this angel of the Lord appears and begins to, to have this conversation. And so he starts to get closer, and, and angel of the Lord says, hey, whoa, 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 hold on. This is holy ground. This is, take off your sandals. This is serious business. We're going to have a conversation here because there's, there's some things beginning to happen for Moses at this time, because he, he, he's trying to figure out what his place is. Right now, he's just this shepherd guy trying to lead some sheep around, trying to figure this out. And so when God told him, hey, don't, don't, come, any, don't come any closer, he said, I've seen the oppression and the heartache and the hurt of my people of Israel. I've seen what they're going through. My heart goes out to them, and, and he says, I, and it's interesting, he says, I've come down to rescue Israel. Good. I would say, God, I'm so glad you're going to do that. 
you know, I, I'm going to sit back and see this unfold. I'm glad, God, that you're going to do that. That would be my thought process. Boy, it's sure good, good to see you come, God. You're going to come and you're going to come and overpower those Egyptians, and you're going to, he goes on to say, I'm going to take you into this land flowing with milk and honey. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm like, God, I can't wait to see you do that, right? All this time. Then we see, though, in verse 9, chapter 3, it says, the Lord says, look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I've seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. (laughs) You must lead my people of Israel out of Egypt. But God, you just said you were going to do it. Moses protested. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Israel out of Egypt? God answered and said this, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. It goes on to say that Moses protested, God, you don't know me. I'm not the guy. You know, you got the wrong guy here. You, you said you're going to do it. Why don't you do this? Besides, who am I going to even say who, who sent me? God says, well, you're going to say I am sent you. Yeah. Who I am, yeah. The God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. You know, that God is going to be the one you can say sent you. Well, would you be a little bit nervous at this point, thinking you're sending me before Pharaoh, the guy that is going to probably kill me as soon as I walk in there? God, that you don't have a good idea here. In fact, let's just pretend this never happened. This conversation (laughs) never happened. So this whole thing is going on in his his process, and, and the Lord's just telling him all the things that are going to happen. And then he goes, oh, by the way, you know, Pharaoh's not going to let you go. <laughs> so, but, but, but I'm going to give you a couple miracles, a couple tools in your belt that you can use. If the first one should be good, but it may not work. So, you know, try some of that. And I don't know what kind of confidence that gives you. You know, it's like, but I think God is doing something in Moses, trying to stretch him a little bit, but yet say he's with him. And he's, because he said, I'm going to make sure that this, goes well, this is going to be successful, because you're going to be right back here worshiping me, and that's going to be the sign that, that this was for me. I tell you what, when God tells us things, and he tells us that he has great things in store for us, and he has everything all taken care of, and he promises that it's going to be good because there's going to be a sign in the future, the problem we have is between now and then. All the things that we have shaken us up so much, but God, But God, you don't understand. You don't understand. He said, trust me, you're going to look back on this and you're going to see my hand in it. When we get into that place of finding our place, finding our place, and God says, I'm going to raise my hand and strike the Egyptians. And I'm going to perform all kinds of miracles. And eventually they're going to let let you go, but (laughs) it's going to take a little bit. Chapter 4 Guess what? Moses protests again. God, they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to believe me. I'm just this guy leading sheep around. What if they just say that when I tell them the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob (coughs) appeared to me, they're just going to say, the Lord never appeared to you. What are you talking about? You're just a shepherd guy. He says, well, Moses, what's in your hand? Um, Shepherd staff? Well, 
<laughs> Throw it on the ground. Turns into a snake. Ooh. <laughs> okay, God, that's kind of cool. Pick it up. Most of you wouldn't pick it up, right? <laughs> not a snake, not touching a snake. I think the thing in our home is spiders. I'm the designated <laughs> spider killer. Nobody in my home will touch spiders. I was teasing my son about it because now that he bought himself a house and he's going to have to figure out how to do this, like, Nick, who's going to kill the spiders in your house? Because <laughs> he won't touch them. <laughs> but Moses reached down and, and he grabbed it because out of obedience, grabbed the snake by the tail and grabs it and it turns back into a shepherd's staff. What do you have in your hand? Because sometimes we think we have to have some great value that we're bringing. We have to have these great toolbox of all these great things, and you know, we have to have all the answers. We have to have everything. And God says, well, simply, well, what do you have? What have I given you? And we look at something and go, well, well, I don't know. I got $5 in my wallet. Well, that's all you need. Whatever the situation is, God has provided already a start for you, and he will tell you what that is. Because you say, God, I, I can't do this. So he says, you're, you're going to perform this. You're going to go in there and you're going to do this stuff. And, and they're, going to, they're going to believe you that the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob sent you. Then he told them, he said, put your hand inside your coat. Pulls it out and it's all diseased and white and not looking good. Now put it back in there and pull it out again and it's totally fine again. God, what God's doing is he's demonstrating his power to him. He, he wants him to have some faith going into this thing. And so God's doing a good job in this whole part. And he said, hey, you go do these things. If those don't work, then you know, you're going to take some water from the river and dump it out, and it's going to come out as blood. So he, all these things is pretty intriguing to Moses, probably. <laughs> but look, let's look at verse 10. But Moses pleaded with God, with the Lord, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I have never been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. He's continuing to throw out all of these excuses and reasons why he's not the guy. He, I'm, this isn't the place that, that I'm supposed to be. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or not speak, hear or not hear, see or not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you. Speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. But Moses again Pleads, <laughs> Lord, please send anyone but me. Isn't that kind of our conversation with God sometimes? We, you, we can relate, right, this whole thing, and we're just like, but God, you don't understand. You don't understand. That's not, I can't do that. There's, it's, you've got the wrong person. When he keeps coming, he goes, I want to use you. I want to use you. I want, this is where I want to place you. I, this is where I want you to be influential. This is where you can touch the lives of people. And so we have to trust him in that, trust him in what he's saying. The Lord got a little upset with Moses. He's like, okay, okay, Moses, I'm hearing you. Because I think God's a, you know, he, he, he's good with uh, understanding our hearts and negotiating a little bit. And he's like, okay, uh, how about Aaron? I'll send him to be your mouthpiece. How about if I partner you up with somebody else? They can come. They can be a part of what you're doing. He can be your mouthpiece. And I'll put words in his mouth, and then both of you can speak, and I'll instruct you both what to do. Aaron will be your spokesperson. 
and take this shepherd's staff with you, do the miracles that I've just showed you, go and demonstrate that. So Moses ends up returning to Egypt, and we know how this ends up, where he goes and he's obedient and does all of these things. Not without a lot of fear and trembling, because there had to be a lot of faith involved in this. So we, we have to engage our faith in our walk with the Lord in that regard, because I can't imagine going into a situation like that and then just, but God put him in that place where he could trust him. He could trust him. It's like, okay. So he put all his family on his donkey. They headed back to Egypt. And we know what ends up happening is Moses finds his place reluctantly, but steps in and says, yes, Lord. And he's very instrumental in freeing a couple million people probably and seeing them come out and being freed from Egypt. God could have done all of that himself without, but he so wants to partner with us because he created us to be in a relationship with him. That's why he created us. Yes. He, he wants to hang out with us. He wants to spend time with us. He wants to, he's invested his whole life into us. And he said, I just want to do life with you. I, I want to prove who I am. I want to show you I am Lord of Lord, kings of kings, that I, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I'm your God. And I've put you here to see miracles happen, to see my, the miracles that I have in store for you, for City Life Church, for the community, for the world. And so for us to say, Lord, I, I get it. It's not about me and my stuff and all the things that I'm worried about and concerned about. But God, it's something bigger. No, Lord, first it's about you, but it's about your creation. It's about who you created. It's about people. It's about loving them. And so we, get, we can break it down to that and simply say, God, not my will, but your will. What is your will for my life? And then we begin to find our purpose. I'm going to continue next week on a few other thoughts in regards to this. But as the worship team comes, I just want to close with a couple of thoughts. So are we about us and what we want for us, or are we about God and what he wants for us? That would be the question as well to ask. And where is your place with him, partnering with him? Where is your place in building his kingdom? Because if we're not building our kingdom, we're, it's about his kingdom, building his kingdom. So that's our takeaway today. It's just simply, if you don't feel like, man, I just haven't found my place yet in, in the purposes of God, hopefully this will help today and just that, and simplify it down to that loving God, loving people, and really living like Jesus in that sense without the pressure of feeling like, oh, I gotta be perfect because you just worry, start where you're at with what you have and say, yes, Lord, and let him lead and guide. Let's stand as we're gonna be dismissed here in a few moments. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 